Episode 4 The Taking of Vocus, MCOM and TPG Part 2 Tony and James now were ready to merge and both wanted this merger to go ahead. The deal agreed was a merger ratio of about 54% to 46% MCOM Vocus. Tony wanted a slight scripts premium for the MCOM shareholders and was prepared to put aside his ego and to be the chair for this. Another testament to Tony's character. Tony wanted James to become the CEO of the new group, which would also give intergenerational change in the MCOM leadership. Under Australian corporations law, and to get 100% control of another company, one enters into a scheme of arrangement. The target, and in this case MCOM, needed a shareholder vote of 75% of the votes cast on the resolution to be acquired by Vocus and more than 50% in number of those that voted. Assuming the MCOM shareholders approved the scheme, it would then obtain a court order which would become binding on MCOM and 100% of its shareholders, irrespective of how they voted. The issue here was TPG owned approximately 20% and would not vote for the scheme. Vocus owned 10% and was not allowed to vote each shares. Thus, there were only 70% of shares that could vote, and 75% was needed for the vote to succeed. Vocus referred TPG to the ACCC, the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission. At this stage, Tony Chris wanted the deal between Vocus and MCOM to go ahead, and made his ire at TPG publicly known. The deal was clearly in the best interest of shareholders, but TPG was blocking it, and had no intention of making an offer themselves. James then decided in order for Vocus's 10% shareholding in MCOM to be allowed to vote, Vocus needed to sell these shares before any vote. Vocus did what is called a blind book build, i.e. Vocus would not know the identity of the buyer of the block of MCOM shares. The date for the shareholders vote was extended yet again. Vocus and MCOM needed to get 75% of shareholders voting for the deal, but as 20% was already owned by TPG, it actually had to get 75 out of 80, which is 93.75% positive votes from every shareholder that voted. Tony Grist started making a number of YouTube videos explaining the advantages of the merger to get more retail coverage. The Vocus investment team at Credit Suisse started calling institutional shareholders to get them to vote, and there were teams of people calling sm smaller shareholders. They actually tried to call every shareholder that owned shares in MCOM. On the 15th of June, 2015, there was a shareholders meeting. When all votes were tallied, 77.19% voted in favour of the deal. That is 77.19% out of the 80%, exceeding the 75% requirement. Of course, TPG contested the outcome in the federal court, with claims that the Vocus 10% was tainted and should be excluded from the count. CBA who held those shares on Vocus's behalf and sold them were reluctant to give an affidavit to the court saying they had sold the shares on an arm's length basis. But in the end, sanity prevailed and the affidavit was supplied. TPG did not appear at the federal court hearing and the case was dismissed. The judge ruled that there were no discussions between Vocus and any potential buyer as to how they should vote in the MCOM Vocus takeover. Vocus and MCOM were now one company. The total consideration paid by Vocus for MCOM amounted to $686 million 
settled by the issue of shares. Post the merger, TPG would own 9% of Vocus. I admired a lot about James, but one of the things I admired the most was that with every acquisition, James and the executive team did a lot of planning, especially when culture of management needed to be changed. James wanted to do it on day one of the acquisition. The Vocus team identified people at the senior levels of those they wanted to keep and those they didn't want to keep, and to get people with the right skills and attitude. And that was the way James ran Vocus. Acquire, and then integrate the business, but keep the best of the acquired company. To quote James, We've learned a lot from previous acquisitions about how to integrate successfully and leverage efficiencies without deconstructing the acquired company and losing the value the business offered to begin with. We're applying those learnings as we work closely with the MCOM team to build one strong business. During July 2015, Nick McNaughton resigned from the Vocus Board and sent a letter on HLI to the Vocus Board. Nick made an extraordinary invaluable contribution and he had the most measured responses to everything in a league that I can only hope to emulate one day. I really missed him being on the board. I've reproduced Nick's letter of resignation to the Vocus Board in its entirety with Nick's kind permission. Nick describes each person involved in the Vocus journey to date. It is very accurate and does epitomize everyone. Hi everyone. It is my last day as director of Vocus today. It has been quite a journey. It is only the second time I've been involved in a company that has gone from a startup to over a billion dollar valuation. The first was Allaire during the dot-com and they didn't stay there long. For an Australian entity to go from incorporation to a billion dollar plus valuation in seven years is extremely rare. I can only think of a couple of other examples, Atlassian and perhaps Campaign Monitor. Both of these companies are still private, so difficult to validate. To do it as a public company based on real profits is extraordinary. I've enjoyed every minute of this journey, even the contentious moments. I'd firstly like to thank James, for having me along on this journey. You didn't need to have me on the board for so long, and I will always appreciate your support and belief in me and my abilities. You have an incredible instinct, fantastic people skills, and your ambition has driven this company to where it is today. You have built a band of loyal followers who believe in you and the quest the company is on. It is an adventure, not a job. Thanks for having me along on this journey. David Spence. It has been a real pleasure and honour to work with you on the board. Your steady influence has been invaluable and your unwavering support has been appreciated. I've learnt a lot from you. Rick Correll. You are by far the best CFO I have ever worked with. You know the business inside and out. You are willing to defend your views and your instincts are always sound. You have made numerous financial calls which have proven to be right and worth a lot to the company. Thank you. Mark Simpson. You are again by far the best legal counsel I've worked with. You churn through an enormous amount of work in a calm and easy way, and your fierce intellect allows you to also go toe-to-toe -to -toe on any issue. Thank you. John Brett. Now, as this is me, I'm a little embarrassed to repeat it. John Brett. I have the very highest regard for your intellect, commitment, insights, and rigor. Nothing gets past you. 
Nothing. And he writes that in nothing in capital letters for emphasis. Your contribution to the board and growth of the company has been immeasurable. I will miss being part of the many vigorous discussions with you in the future. John Murphy, I very much appreciate your support and wise counsel on this journey. It's the phone calls, short chats that make a difference. I have learned a lot from you over the past five years. Steve Baxter, industry legend. I've really enjoyed getting to know you over the past few years and know we will end up doing a lot together in the future. Your intellect and insights are valuable. You, you're also a huge amount of fun to be around. Chris Deer, you have proven to be a fantastic operator. Having built your own successful business over many years, you know the business intimately. This insight and experience has brought and is still bringing incredible value to Vocus as it continues to grow. You're all the 18 and I will miss being part of it. This was the 18. It was a hardworking, intelligent group of people who all worked towards a common goal. What was best for Vocus and what was best for shareholders. There were no Muppets and no bullshit. 2015 ended the financial year with some new members on the Vocus board, which included the Vocus directors and some of the MCOM directors. David Spence was chair, James Spensley was CEO, Steve Baxter, John Brett, John Murphy, with three directors from MCOM, Paul Brandling, Anthony Davies and Tony Grist. Vocus ended the 2015 financial year, which excluded the results of MCOM, as it had acquired it after the year end, with sales just shy of $150 million and profits of $51.5 million. Vocus now had 22 data centers, 25 offices, 11,000 kilometers of fiber optical cable and 600 staff. Around 31 May 2016, Vocus's share price reached a high of $9.41. By the 2nd of November 2016, it closed at $5.24 five months later. And by the 16th of May 2017, the share price had sunk to $2.35. So what changed? To be continued.